Welcome to another episode of Just the Tip Tuesday. Today's episode is brought to you by CK Worldwide, the standard in TIG welding. Right now, CK is running an awesome deal on their MT200 ACDC TIG welder now through the end of March. Actually, they just extended it to the end of the year. So now's a great time to pick up your brand new MT200. It comes with everything you need right out of the box to start TIG welding except the consumables and gas. The MT200 is a complete TIG welding system capable of 5 amp arc starts and it has a compact portable design and weighs just 32 pounds. In addition, it's dual voltage, so you can run this bad boy off 115 volt or 220 volts. And it boasts an easy to use interface to help you get to set up the weld in a flash. The MT200 ACDC is the answer to both creativity and production driven TIG welding. This innovative TIG machine provides the ability to quickly and efficiently adapt to dynamic welding situations while maintaining the quality of experience you've come to know and love from CK Worldwide. Get your MT200 today for just $19.95 along with other genuine CK Worldwide parts and accessories through your local authorized CK distributor. Not sure where your closest distributor is? No problem. Head on over to ckworldwide.com and click on the Find a Dealer tab. It's that easy. CK Worldwide, the standard in TIG welding. Now let's get into the episode. going on everyone welcome to this week's episode of just the tip tuesday last week we discussed the several different types of ppe to keep you safe whether you're home in the shop or on the job site we talked about welding caps safety glasses face shields earplugs and welding jackets in this episode i want to go ahead and continue the conversation and talk about some more items you want to consider to keep you safe while welding and fabricating so let's go ahead and kick it off with my favorite piece of ppe the welding hood I mean, if you're going to be a welder, you got to have a welding hood. You got to have a decent welding hood, something that's going to be reliable. This is an area where you really can't go too cheap on. I mean, if you're a home hobbyist, sure, you don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on it, but you know, you want to get something that's decent and reliable, also, you know, relatively comfortable. I'm a big proponent of auto darkening lenses. Maybe it's just cuz I'm spoiled and you know, that's what I've been using for the past couple of years, but when I started off welding, when I first got into welding, that's all we had was passive lenses. And, you know, if you want to run a passive lens, no problem. If you want to get into an auto dark situation, I mean, even better. One thing you definitely want to avoid is, you know, if you're going to get an auto dark hood, I'd stay away from the ones that are like $50 or less. They're just not as reliable. I think the delay for those, you know, it's, it's just, it doesn't go from passive to dark as fast as I would like it to be. And then the battery life doesn't seem to be there and they just don't seem to be a reliable hood. Now, if you're welding on a budget, you can definitely get away, like I said, with a passive hood. One thing you want to make sure of is that you get the right welding lens or the right welding lens filter for the type of work that you're going to be doing. And that's going to be based off of what welding process you're running and the amount of amperage that you're actually running. Uh, same thing with an auto dark hood. So depending on you know um, what hood you got, passive or auto dark, you want to make sure you've got the right filter to do the job. Now, if you go back to the ANSI Z49.1, the safety and welding and cutting and all that good stuff, which you can download on the internet for free. So if you flip on over to page nine, there's actually a chart that outlines the minimum shade that's recommended based off the amperage in the process. 
Everything's going to dictate a little bit. Like if you're running uh, shield and metal arc welding, you can probably get away with a little bit of a lower setting because you've got a lot of smoke that's going to kind of help filter out that light that's coming through. But, you know, you want to make sure that you have a, a good filter in your hood. Last thing you want is to be stuck at your house or on the job site and you're trying to do some sticker MIG welding and you got like a shade eight in there because it's not going to be dark enough and you're going to end up getting arc flash. Uh, likewise, you know, you don't want to have like a, a shade 14 on there and you can't see anything. So that's why I kind of like the auto darks because I do a lot of stick, MIG, TIG, and flux core. I like having the ability to just reach into my hood and turn my filter up or down based on the process and the ampers that I'm actually running. Whereas if you have a passive hood, you know, you might need a couple different lenses. Uh, one thing I do recommend is if you're going to be uh, running a passive lens, go ahead and get like a, a shade 10 mirror lens or what they call a gold mirror lens. I say shade 10 because I used to do a lot of stick welding at right around 120, 125 amps, somewhere in there. Uh, you can get these higher or lower filter ratings, but the gold mirror lenses, they seem to do a great job as far as like clarity. You can get those typically at your welding supply store. You can find them on Amazon, I'm sure. But when I ran a passive hood, I always had a gold mirror lens in there. They're, they're simply awesome. Now, you can pick up most of your, like, passive hoods. You can get, like, a, an old-school Jackson or, I mean, Lincoln makes some, Miller makes some. Uh, you can probably pick up some of these at the big box store and run a passive lens. That's going to, they're going to work just fine for you. Uh, Fiber Metal makes some good stuff. Their, their hoods are a little bit heavy, uh, especially, like, their sugar scoops. You know, they're all fiberglass made and everything. they got some weight to them. But, like I said, I, I prefer an auto dark now. A couple auto dark hoods that I would actually recommend is the Lincoln 3350. It's a great hood for the price. Overall clarity, you can pick one of these up for about 300 bucks. I really like the headgear that they came out with in this year's model. And the hood's not really heavy. The clarity's really good in it. And they have some pretty cool graphics. Not that that's a big thing, but, you know, if you want some graphics on there, you know, you can kind of pick out what, what different uh, style hood you want. I ran a uh, Miller Digital Elite for a long time. And as soon as I tried welding with a Lincoln Viking, it was like, it was a difference between night and day when, when we're talking clarity. I mean, check both of them out. I mean, the best thing you do is you, you probably got a guy that works in the shop or a gal, you know, that might have a hood that you're interested in using. See if you can just look through it, not, not borrow it, right? You don't want to borrow somebody's welding hood, but you know, if you can just get a chance to look through it, check out the clarity, check out the weight of the hood. Um, you know, it's kind of like a, a try before you buy. That's what I did. I mean, that's how I got into, you know, checking out 3M speed glass and all that. Never had the money to buy one, but, you know, I've, I actually got a chance to look through them, and the clarity with those are freaking amazing. Now, if you want to get pretty fancy, you want to start getting customized, um, Outlaw Leather makes some really good stuff. Their work's 100% made in the U.S., and, you know, everything's based out of Houston, Texas. Ismael and Jesus, uh, they're awesome people. Uh, they've got great customer service. I've sent my hood back a couple times to get, like, free cleanings or tune-ups. You know, if anything goes wrong with it, you know, they, they stand behind their product. They have the uh, the little drop-in 2x4 lenses you can run. Now, like I said, you can do a passive one in here, or, you know, you can get the drop-ins that uh, they're auto-dark. Now, Outlaw has a brand that'll do auto-dark. Lincoln makes some really nice drop-in lenses with the uh, the 4C Clarity. Uh, I know Blue Demon's got some. Snake Belly sells them. There's 100 different companies out there that are making drop-in lenses now. One thing I would recommend, again, is make sure that when you get the, the drop-in lens, get a variable adjustment if you're going with auto dark. Uh, that way you don't have to have four or five different lenses on hand and, and swap them out. You know, if you get a variable shade, you'll be able to rotate that dial from like a number 10, or I'm sorry, like a number 9 to a, like a number 13 on most of them. 
And like I said, you know, they're, they're relatively cheap. They're pretty affordable. You know, you're probably looking at anywhere from, I don't know, 60 to 80 bucks for a drop-in auto dark, you know, for two by four. And the biggest difference is going to be the viewing screen. So a lot of people don't like that two, two inch by four inch viewing screen. Some people like a bigger screen. Outlaw hoods aren't going to work for you. There's a bunch of different stuff, uh, you know, that's, that's actually out there on the market today. A lot of people are coming out with some really good welding hoods. Now, if you really want to get fancy, my all-time favorite welding hood, and this is definitely going to cost you some money, is the 3M Speedglass G502. And like I said, way back in the day, I, I actually, you know, borrowed one of my coworkers for a couple hours, and I was like, hey, you know, you know can I borrow your hood? I'm not sure what model number he had on there. It was, it was definitely one of the older ones, but I mean, the clarity was just insane for that time. Since then, I've gone out and actually bought the, the new G502. The one downside to that hood is it doesn't have a grinding mode. And, you know, it's not a deal breaker for me. I don't like to grind with my welding hood on it anyway. I'd rather just grab a face shield and do all my grinding work that way. But, you know, some people are really hung up that, you know, they want to have a grind mode, you know, an exterior button or a knob or something on the outside where they can switch back and forth. Nine times out of ten, you're going to forget you're in grind mode anyway. You're going to go to strike an arc and you're going to arc flash yourself. So I just prefer to take the, the welding hood off and throw a face shield on anytime I'm doing my grinding work. The other downside of the hood is the headgear seems kind of chintzy, you know, especially for like spending $700 on a welding hood. I kind of expect a little bit more out of the headgear. Uh, it just seems really cheap. Uh, it hasn't broke yet. It's relatively durable. Uh, it's just a little flimsy to me. I really like the the headgear that they have in the Lincolns. You know, it's kind of like a six point harness for your head. So you got a bunch of adjustments to work with. Comfort's going to be a big deal. Find out what's going to work for you. I mean, you're the one that has to wear this thing for, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. So get something that's going to be comfortable and get something that's going to be durable. And a lot of a lot of times you can kind of modify your hood to fit another, uh, I guess, competitor brand headgear in there. So I've seen people that have actually modified like the Outlaw hoods and they've been able to adapt the, the 3350 headgear from Lincoln inside of those hoods. Uh, so it just depends on which style you get, you know, get creative. I mean, the, the stuff on the side of most welding hoods, it's it's either a square punched hole or something like that. You can always clean that out with a Dremel tool to accept another another uh, competitor's headgear. Overall, regardless of the headgear, on the, on the G502 anyway, the clarity on this thing is amazing. It is the clearest hood I've ever looked through. And apparently 3M Speed Glass has a G501, which is in their PAPR system, and you can actually change the filter color in, in that one. So, you know, it, it's pretty high speed, low drag, and it, I mean, it damn sure better be for the price tag. It's, it's a little over two grand to be able to have that type of uh, that system. And it's a PAPR system. I don't know why they didn't do that uh, variable filter or variable shade uh, in their G502 model. I'm not sure what the, what the difference in, is in that. But I know for a long time I used to run in some of my fixed shade lens, like the uh, American Optics used to run like this blue lens. They had this blue filter that you would put that on. It's called the Cool Blue, and you could look through that. And, I mean, it was just a really good clear picture of the weld it kind of filtered out a lot of the different color spectrums so you could really see the fine details in the puddle but apparently those have been discontinued because uh some sort of um issues they had with with filtering out certain colors or whatever and it was bad on people's eyes uh you can't find them anymore and if you do you're probably going to pay a little over 100 bucks for one of their lenses there's another there's some other companies out there that run cool blue filters now that you can put in there and they work pretty decent uh, check on Instagram. There was a company I bought a couple of them from that was like a, an amber shade color 
a pink one and then a blue one. I, I really like the blue one. So if you're going to run the fixed shade lens, try one of those blue filters in there. It's going to give you a, a better look, a little bit more clarity in your hood. Another great place to look for welding hoods is going to, believe it or not, is going to be Facebook, uh, Facebook Marketplace. A lot of times you can find some good welding hoods there that are decently priced. People, you know, they go out and buy like top of the line welding hood because they're going to get into it as a weekend welder. And the next thing you know, it's just sitting there and, you know, the, they end up selling it. So check uh, Facebook. I've also seen a lot of my students get really good deals at pawn shops, like brand new in the box welding hoods at pawn shops. So, you know, check out your local pawn shop. You never know what you might be able to find in there. One of the things I look at when I'm trying to pick out a, a welding hood is the overall weight. And I think that's kind of why I like the 3M speed glass. It's very lightweight and I like the ergonomics of it because like the hinge point where it, it sits on your head and where the little swivel point for your hood to go up and down is, it doesn't sit on your temple like most other welding hoods. Most hoods you put them on and that hinge point's right there matched up with your temple. The 3M speed glass one sits a little bit further, like in between your temple and your ears. And it's less strain on your neck. I mean, between that and it being so light, uh, that's one of the main reasons I really like that hood. That and the clarity. It's got Bluetooth options, but I mean, I don't use the Bluetooth. I don't, I don't see the value in it. Um, I mean, unless you're going to be on your phone, you can change your delay, your sensitivity, and your, your filter right there on your phone. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, but I'd rather just take my hood off, do the adjustments manually. But yeah, check all those different hoods out. Like I said, the Lincoln's pretty good. Outlaw, the 3M Speed Glass. I mean, those are all really good hoods. I'm not knocking on Miller. I just, you know, um, their, their lens just doesn't seem to be as clear as I'd like it to be. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that'll argue with me, but like I said, everybody's got their own personal opinion when it comes to welding hood. You got to find what works for you, but those are a couple uh, brands that I know and trust and that I've personally used in the past. And I feel confident, you know, recommending those to people. In addition, you want to make sure that you have, you know, like we talked about before the viewing window. You know, do you like a two by four lens or do you like the, the four by five lens? I mean, they, they make different, you know, different lenses and all kinds of different sizes. I kind of, I, I, I didn't like the two by four lens for the longest time. When I first got my outlaw hood, it took me a minute to get used to it because I was so comfortable with the, the bigger lens that was on the 3350 hood. But at the end of the day, I'm just looking at a three eighths puddle and I've got really bad ADD. So the smaller viewing window that I have, the better off I'm going to be because there's less for me to get distracted. You know, so, I mean, look at it that way, figure out what's going to work best for you. Uh, if you like a bigger window area, you know, you're probably going to want to go with, you know, some of the bigger named hoods. Uh, but if you like a two by four, like I said, fiber metal's pretty decent, but I really love outlaw hoods. So if you're going for a two by four lens, check out my buddies over at outlaw. Um, I think the arc junkies discount code still works. If you get any of their, uh, custom leather work and stuff, I think it's just arc junkies and you get 15% off all their handmade leather goods, but it doesn't apply to the uh, the custom stuff. So if you want something right off the shelf, it should work. All right, let's go ahead and talk about gloves. I am a huge fan of gloves. I like task-specific gloves, so I have a lot of different types of gloves because when it comes to gloves and hand protection, there's not really a one-size-fits-all solution. Back in the day when I was doing structural steel, I really didn't like to wear gloves on anything, and I've got the scars all over my hand to prove that, since then, I've kind of wisened up and started using gloves to protect my hands, right? Yeah, it sucks. I, like right before Thanksgiving one year, I, I sliced open about four of my fingers in about six different spots trying to pull up a stack of sheet metal. So yeah, if I'd had a pair of gloves on, I could have avoided all that. But I was in a big hurry trying to get home, get out there for the Thanksgiving break and just filleted, turn my hands into a fillet of fish. So not a good thing. So definitely, I recommend different task-specific gloves based on the work that you're going to do. 
So for general fabrication, one of the one of the sets of gloves I like, my dad gave me a pair of these. He they, that's what they use over at his work. He's like, here, try these out, and they're they're called a Maxi Flex Ultimate thirty four eight seventy four. You can get these on Amazon. You can buy them by the dozen. These gloves are freaking amazing. I use them for everything. I love these gloves. They fit really well. They've got a slight bit of nitrile coating on the front of the glove, not like that real deep, thick stuff where you don't have any dexterity in your hands. It's just like a thinner coating. And then the back and the rest of the gloves kind of like a knitted nylon. And I like these because, like I said, they're very comfortable. You know, they fit well. They have, I have good dexterity. I have fine motor skills with these things. So if you, if you know you're doing like working on small stuff or tightening bolts or loosening things or, you know, working on tiny little intricate stuff, you still have all that dexterity. Uh, they're great gloves. You know, I do a lot of my layout in here. You know, I avoid a lot of splinters and, and small nicks and cuts and everything like that because I have these gloves on. They're not great for cut protection, but for, you know, general fabrication and, and working around the shop, they're freaking awesome. Now, if you need something with some cut protection, uh, the same company that makes the Maxi Flex, they make something called a Maxi Cut, and that's the 44 3745 once again, you can get those on Amazon. I think they sell them in sets of three. They're almost 10 bucks a set or 10 bucks a pair. So it's like uh, you get three sets for $34. But they're really good gloves too. They provide a little bit more cut protection, but you still have the dexterity. They still fit really well. They're, they're just a good all-around pair of gloves. Now, one thing you don't want to do with these gloves, like I said, they're for general fabrication. So like cutting and fitting things together, uh, you don't want to use these around a grinder plasma cutting, torch welding, or anything like that because the backs of them are synthetic material. I like to use these for like general fabrication, anything that doesn't involve heat because you don't want these things melting to your back of your skin. They're made out of synthetic material. If you're operating a saw or something like that, they work great, you know, doing layouts and measuring and, you know, handling sheet metal, handling material, you know, they're, they fit really well, very comfortable. You barely know that they're on. I mean, it's the closest thing you can have to not wearing a pair of gloves. Now, because I do a bunch of different welding processes, I like to have specific gloves for each process. Yes, I know you can use the same gloves for stick and MIG, but you really can't use those for TIG welding. And then depending on the type of stick gloves you have, you may not want to use those for MIG welding because you just don't have that dexterity there. You can't really feel the trigger. You're constantly bumping it. One of the things I've always been a fan of are the Tillman 50 gloves. Uh, that's the part number. It's just type in Tillman 50 and then whatever size glove you need. They're kind of a heavy-duty MIG glove but they have a reinforced palm and I use those mostly for you know most of the stick welding and MIG welding applications that I do they're pretty durable and they provide great protection for your hands they're also priced pretty well I think I usually pay about 25 bucks for them the only downside is they only last about five to six months overall the actual quality is great for the price point you know for 25 bucks get you by for six months I mean it's a pretty it's a decent set of gloves Another set of gloves I really like for all my stick and MIG work lately are the Mechanics Regulator Welding Gloves. They just came out with these about a year ago. They're about 50 bucks a pair, but they're going to last you for a while. They're made out of boar hide. Apparently, like, there's some specific tanning process that they run boar hide through, and it actually makes it a lot softer and more pliable. And it also has, uh, it's stitched together with Kevlar. So you don't have to worry about the stitches coming undone or, you know, like a loose thread or something in there like most gloves. And they have a super comfortable cut-resistant shell on the inside. So you slide it in there. It's actually got a cut glove on the inside of it to protect you from, you know, any lacerations or things of that nature. 
I've been using these probably for about a year now, and they've held up really well, and I don't see any signs of them giving up anytime soon. I know Nate Bowman's been, you know, doing field testing with the same pair for a couple of years. So is Nick Bazatis. Uh, they love them. I mean, they're they're good quality gloves. But like I said, the downside is probably the price, 50 bucks a pair. But, you know, they're going to last you a lot longer than a pair that you're going to pay $25 for. So depending on where you're at in your welding journey, you know, go ahead and invest in a set of gloves. I'd say if you're like a welding student or a home hobbyist or something, go ahead, get you a pair of Tillman's. They're going to get you through. But then when it comes to, you know, like once you get out in the field and stuff and, you know, if you're paying for your own PPE, you want to buy something that's going to last, maybe switch over to those mechanics gloves. I wish I had a discount code for you. I do not. Uh, I purchased mine on Amazon and then I think um, I got some. They had a sale on mechanicswear.com and I picked up a couple sets there right when they did their big price drop. Now, you can get away with the big blue type of welding gloves. Everybody's seen them. They're like 15 bucks, but honestly, I really don't like them. They're too big and bulky. As I mentioned before, I like to have dexterity while wearing welding gloves and the traditional stick gloves everyone's used to. They just don't do it for me. Yes, they're going to protect your hands, so that's definitely a plus, but there's a lot of different brands out there. They're all the same. I mean, there's probably one company mass producing these things and just stamping different logos on them. Um, I'd say if you're a student, Definitely use those because you're going to burn up a lot. You're going to go through a lot of gloves as a welding student because you try to, uh, you think that you, they give you a false sense of security and you want to touch all kinds of hot stuff, you know, right when you get into this stuff with these big blue gloves on and you end up just burning the leather and it starts shrinking and wrap, you know, curling up around your hands and the fingers aren't straight anymore. Uh, you leave them out in the rain and they shrink even more. So until you can figure out how to actually weld and, and use gloves for what they're for, I would definitely, you know, go ahead, run the blue ones for a while and then switch over to something a little bit better. Now, as for MIG welding, again, I like the Tillman 50s um, and the Mechanics Regulators. Both of those are solid choices for MIG welding applications. Now, when it comes to flux cord welding, Mechanics Wear actually makes a glove called the Flux, and they're made out of Durahide. They're stitched with Kevlar as well. They're great fitting, but they, they actually have some extra padding on the back side of the hand and, you know, where you're going to put your fingers in, where you're going to get most of the intense heat from the flux cord. In addition to that glove, yes, like I said, it's got some insulation in there, but I would also recommend throwing a backhand pad on there as an additional layer of heat resistance, especially if you're trying to run something like that, um, like T8 wire or T6 wire, you know, like that NR232, NR233, or maybe some dual shielded or, you know, gas shielded flux core, because there's just a lot more heat to those processes. So I always like to throw a backhand pad on top of my glove in addition to that way I'm not burning up my gloves and it keeps a lot more of the heat off my lead hand. There's a bunch of companies that make them. I prefer to use the Tillman ones and, you know, probably just because they're like seven bucks or, you know, most welding supply stores have them in stock. That's what we get for the students. They're, uh, they're awesome. I love them. I always have one in my gear bag. Uh, and they also work great. You know, if you're trying to do like TIG welding or something like that, you can throw that, that hand pad on the table and kind of use that to slide across the the table. You can also prop it up on a piece of pipe and you can slide your hand across there. It gives you a little bit more surface area to kind of block that heat. So I always like carrying them on my gear bag, you know, for those two applications. Now they do make a set of gloves that has that built-in heat pad that goes all over the entire backside of the gloves. I don't like using those, especially with flux core because you get all the BBs and stuff on there. It burns through the glove. Next thing you know, like you just got big holes in the glove. And now your gloves are all jacked up. And then you get to spend like another 50, 60 bucks on a pair of these things where you, you could have spent like $7 on a, uh, a backhand. 
and kept the majority of the uh, the heat and spatter off the back of your gloves, and you still have a good set of gloves to run with. For TIG welding, I used the Tillman 24C for years, uh, but I quit using them because the stitching constantly comes undone. Right there, most of you guys that have been welding for a while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Right where your thumb and forefinger meet, for some reason, the stitching always pops out in there. I don't know why they have not seemed to figure out how to make a better glove right there, but I'm just not a big fan of the 24Cs anymore. Like I said, I, I rock those for years, but you know they just they come unstitched, and I always end up getting burnt right there because it makes a hole, and then I forget about it. And anytime you pick up a hot part or something like that, somehow that that hot material always finds a hole in your glove. So mechanics, they've got some decent ones, but they're they're a little too thick in my opinion, depending on the type of uh, you know type of TIG welding you're doing. Obviously, I do a lot of low amp stuff, but in addition to them being a little too thick for me. They're also a little baggy for my hand size. You know, like I wear a large in most gloves. If I get a large with the mechanics wear, it almost seems like I need to drop down to a medium. They just seem a little bit, um, you know, oversized. You know, maybe maybe that's just the way those gloves are sized up. I'm not quite sure. But, I mean, they're, they're pretty decent. I use them for a lot of different TIG work. The Cayman gloves. Um, Cayman makes a really good set of TIG gloves, in my opinion. Uh, they're relatively cheap, easy to find. You can get those on Amazon. I think if you get on Cayman's website, you can actually order them directly through there without having to go through a manufacturer or without having to go through a distributor. I know Outlaw sells Cayman gloves at their facility as well, so you can check them out on there. Recently, I picked up a pair of the Arc Defense gloves from Rush Kane. I've not had a chance to actually you know, get any welding time in with them. I've been doing a lot of other stuff lately and just haven't had the chance to throw them on and, and you know, throw down on some TIG welding, but... If they're anything like, you know, the other stuff that Rush has put out, I, I can see it's going to be a solid product. They've got a great fit so far. You know, I definitely, as soon as I got them, I, you know, pulled them out of the bag, put them on, and they fit awesome. I mean, they're, they're like, conform right to your hand. And the webbing, which usually tears in other gloves, he's went ahead and reinforced them. So he's kind of taken some of the feedback that he's occurred throughout the industry and, you know, some of the different ideas and designs and figured out how to reinvent a glove for a TIG welder and actually, you know, get rid of some of the problems that we've had with TIG gloves in the past. Even, I mean, like down to where the glove actually cinches up on the back of the glove. So a lot of gloves, they'll cinch down in the front. They got like a little Velcro layer or something like that. Uh, he put his on the back. Now it's completely out of the way. So I can actually prop my wrist up on a piece of pipe or tube or, you know, on the, uh, the work table that I'm working on and slide across it uh, without having to worry about catching the cuff on it. Uh, additionally, he put a little bit more heat resistant in the, the meaty part of your palm, you know, so that's actually reinforced as well. It's got like a little bit more insulation in there so you can prop up again and just be able to slide across the surface that you're welding on without, you know, burning your palm up. Uh, I really can't wait to try these things out. I know they're not going to disappoint, but I just haven't had the chance to use them. Uh, if you've used a pair, you know, let me know, give me some feedback on it, but I I think they're going to be a decent TIG glove overall. So, I mean, there's, there's a couple of choices that I've used when it comes to TIG gloves. I have used the, uh, the multi-flex gloves. Like I said, you're not supposed to use these for welding, but I have done some low amp TIG welding with the, uh, the maxi flex gloves just because like, I'm talking like 30 amps here, little small one inch runs and stuff like that. And I'm not getting my gloves next to the heat. They work great for that because I can pick up like a 030 TIG wire and just kind of feed that right through those gloves. And they work great for that. All right, let's talk pants. All right. This, this is a pretty straightforward conversation. Most of you out there, you don't need FR pants. Denim. Denim is going to work great. Duck or wool, whatever you, whatever you choose. 
you want to make sure your your pants, your jeans, whatever, they're made out of natural fibers. You don't want anything synthetic in there. As I've said before, that stuff, you know, it, it catches a spark. It'll actually melt to your skin. I typically get the uh, the Wranglers from Tractor Supply. They're like $48 a pair, but they seem to last me a lot longer. I can buy a pair of jeans from, from uh, Tractor Supply that last me for about a year. I used to wear the Dickies jeans from Walmart, and they'd probably last two months. Uh, they just seem to tear out of tear out at the pockets the belt loops would pop off they're just you know junk pants in my my opinion everybody's like oh you know just buy you a cheap pair of pants you're gonna ruin them at work anyway yeah i mean the biggest problem i've had with my wranglers is like staining them up but you know my wife and some oxyclean we can get that taken care of like i said you really don't need fr pants don't get too crazy with this stuff a regular denim jean is gonna work stay away from like the skinny jeans i don't know why that's a big thing now i get a lot of welders coming into the program and they wear these skinny jeans you want something that's actually going to go over the cuff of your boot, right? You don't want to tuck your pant legs inside your jeans. Make sure you get like a boot cut so it actually goes over top of the boot. You don't want sparks dropping down the uh, the cuff of your boot. That hurts like hell. Now, there's a company out there called True Work, and they just launched a, a whole line of FR pants and stuff like that. They got like uh, pants and overalls and welding jackets and all that other good stuff. If you're not required to wear FR I don't see the need in spending the extra money and buying it, right? But if it's a requirement, get something that actually has the FR label on there. That way, the safety guy is not going to give you a whole bunch of flack for, for not having the appropriate, you know, clothing on. Re- remember that, you know, FR doesn't mean that you can't burn a hole in it. Don't let it give you a false sense of security. FR just means it's fire retardant. It's not going to catch on fire. It's not going to melt your skin. But yes, you can still burn holes through it. So don't think just because you have an FR jacket or FR pants that you're not going to be blowing holes in this stuff if you're getting too close, you know, with a cutoff wheel and you're grinding and shooting all those sparks on top of yourself, running a carbon arc cutter or having to cut overhead with oxy fuel, like we've all been there. You know, FR just means it's not going to burn. It's not going to catch on fire. I wouldn't go spend an ungodly amount of money. I know Duluth, I think they make a fire hose pair of pants that are ridiculously priced. If you don't need them, don't buy them. Just get you a decent set of blue jeans and you should be all set. Last item I want to cover is work boots, okay? You definitely want to have a good set of work boots. You want to make sure your work boots are at least six to eight inches tall at a minimum. I do not recommend safety shoes, even if they're leather, and that's because I don't like sparks going on the inside of my footwear. Now, I, I do like steel toe and composite boots myself. Some companies require them. Some people don't. But I've had enough tools and material and other miscellaneous stuff fall on my on the you know the front end of my foot where my toes are that I'm glad I have them. Some companies they also require a full metatarsal boot, and the metatarsal basically covers everything from the tip of your toes all the way up to the top of your foot. Most boots don't have additional protection in that area, like the area where you think of where your laces and stuff are typically at. Most boots don't provide any protection there. The metatarsals actually do. You can actually get those available. They've got a, every company's got something different. Some uh, use like an internal piece of aluminum. Some of them have steel. Some of them have padded leather. Just something to protect the top part of your foot because most work boots, there's no protection in them whatsoever. So before you go out and spend the extra money on that, see if it's required. Now, when it comes to brands, it's it's really an individual choice. Uh, for a long time, I ran GE Schmidt. Uh, Thoroughgood makes a really good one. I like the the slip-ons with the uh, the white soft sole on those. They're they're great for walking the iron. You don't want something that's got a lot of tread on it. If you're out on the job site walking steel, actually, I don't even think a whole lot of people walk steel anymore. Most of the stuff's done out of a man lift. But if you got to walk steel, 
get like a soft sole. Now, like I said, I ran GE Schmidt from Tractor Supply for years, and then all of a sudden they discontinued my favorite boot in the size that I wear. I got some funky feet. They're like nine and a half wide, flat Fred Flintstone feet. So they, they just don't make boots like that for my type of foot anymore. But if you can find them, the GE Schmidt uh, slip-ons, they were like 70 bucks. I rocked those boots for like six years. They're awesome. Uh, after that, after those went down, I graduated up to Red Wings. I really like the Red Wing boots. They're built solid. They're really comfortable. Got thick, heavy-duty leather. You can get free cleanings on your boots every six months when you buy a pair of um, Red Wings. They'll replace the laces. They'll clean them up. I mean, they look like brand new. You drop them off, pick them up a couple days later. Great customer service, and they have an awesome warranty on their boot. The only downside is they're, like, super heavy, but they're built to last. So you want to take that into consideration. You know, if you got to go trudging around for eight hours, you know, you don't want a really heavy boot. Currently, I'm wearing Wolverines, but like I said, I don't want to recommend a specific boot brand. Those are just some that I've had experience with because boot brand and the type of boots you're going to have on your feet, they're going to be a personal preference. I know a lot of people that like Justin boots. I cannot wear a pair of Justin boots because the break-in period just takes forever. I tried, you know, breaking in a pair for like two weeks. I use mink oil. My buddy's like, oh, put them in the oven at like 200 degrees, you know, the lowest setting, you know, for about 45 minutes and rub them down with mink oil and then, you know, walk around the house with them. Had other people tell me, oh, just wear them while you're taking a shower and the water will stiffen them or loosen them up. But it just seemed like a lot of, lot to go through. But I know other people that they they love their Justin work boots. So whatever brand. But some of the things you want to consider, you know, not just the, the brand of the boot, but the type of the boot. You know, think about the weight. Think about how comfortable the boot's going to be, whether you want a lace-up or a slip-on. I'm a slip-on type of guy. I used to wear laces for years. But, you know, as a welder, you know, if you got slag and molten metal and stuff dropping on your boots all the time, you're going to pop a boot lace and it sucks, you know, having to run MIG wire or zip ties through there to the end of the day. It's just not comfortable. If you do, if you are a lace up type person, you like lace up boots, do yourself a favor, grab an extra couple pairs of laces and throw them in your gang box or throw them in your lunch box. That way you always have them with you. Like I said, the last thing you want to do is pop a lace and have to walk around like that for the rest of the day. It's highly uncomfortable. Nine times out of 10, it's going to happen first thing in the morning and just ruin your day. So pack a couple, uh, pack an extra pair of laces in your gang box or your lunch box. Whatever brand or, or type or style you decide to go with, don't buy a cheap set of boots. Those are two areas that I, I never really skimped out on is work boots and a welding hood. Buy a good quality welding hood and buy a good quality set of boots. You got to think. I mean, you're going to be out in these boots 8, 10, 12 hours on the job site, not to mention, you know, the, the hour that you, you're taking to get to work and the hour you're going home. So, I mean, you're in these boots for like 16, 17, sometimes 18 hours a day. So make sure you get something that's comfortable that, you know, you're not, it's not, you don't have any hot spots in there. Take care of your feet. Additionally, you know, if you're working, you know, 12 hour shifts and everything, bring an extra pair of socks with you, you know, change those socks out. That's one thing they taught us in the military is like, take care of your feet. Last thing you want to do is like, you know, get a, a good blister going by Tuesday and you're working seven twelves, right? So pack an extra pair of socks with you, maybe some foot powder, throw that stuff in the gang box. If you're out there working all the time, take care of your feet. Your feet are going to take care of you. Well, that pretty much covers it for this episode. I'm going to go ahead and link most of the products that I talked about in this episode in the show notes section, just like I did in the last episode. That way, if you heard something you liked, you can go ahead and pick it up. Like I said, most of the stuff's available on Amazon. Uh, if I do have a discount code for any of this stuff, I'll drop that down there as well. As always, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns on any of the stuff that I covered here today or in a previous episode, Go ahead, shoot me an email. 
show at arcjunkies.com, or you can drop me a DM on Instagram at arcjunkiespodcast. Additionally, if you guys have topics or questions you want discussed or answered on Just a Tip Tuesday, go ahead, shoot me an email or drop me a line on Instagram. I'll be happy to include that. And if I pick your, your question, I'll go ahead and send you out a free Arc Junkie sticker pack. Hope you guys have a great, safe rest of your week. And until next time, make every well better than your last. 